Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We have our, our special guest, Eric Painter, a welding instructor, with us once again. And Eric, in our last episode, you, you talked a little bit about something that really intrigued me. And, you know, as a welding instructor, I, I can definitely think about and appreciate the idea of, you know, there are the basics that you're going to do in a welding class. You're going to learn how to do these, these different, you know, welds and all of that. But there are other ways that, that you can learn in the classroom and, and do unique things in the classroom. And from the way you talked, it sounds to me like you found some unique ways to teach welding and, and some of the components within the welding universe. I, I don't know how unique they are, but they're, they're, not, they're not out of a textbook, I will say. Um, we taught a really good program. It was, we, we called it a bridge program, and it was meant for adults who were looking to essentially change the direction. We we're talking about non-traditional students in the past. This is a really good um, uh, deal. Zahi was uh, part of that and brought me in on it. And we brought adult students that were looking at going back to college. It was meant to be a bridge from the workplace back to school to learn a few new skills and to figure out maybe some things that interest them. So we gave them a little bit of basic electrical. We gave them auto. We gave them construction. And we gave them welding. Um, and what we did in the welding class was we designed a rocket stove. And the first one we designed for the first group, we just drew it out in chalk on the table. We figured out where dimensions were. We designed it there. I took that and transferred it into, I think we used Fusion 360 for that. Um, and Fusion 360 is not my favorite program, but it's free and you can't beat free. So I prefer SolidWorks, but six and a half grand at the time for a license was not, not something I can sell to somebody looking to change careers. Um, but what we were able to do is we were able to do that, and I could walk them through how we designed it. It wasn't a Fusion 360 class. It was a welding class. So I did it in the class, gave them a quick overview of what we did. We were then able to take that to the plasma table, and we were able to cut those parts out for everybody. We then assembled that. We fabricated that, and we, every, we used MIG to weld it up together. And then what we did was we sat down afterwards, and we said, how did that manufacturing experience go? What would we change if we were to make this again? And we iterated on that design. We put Fusion 360 up on the projector and we sat down as a class and we decided what we would prefer to do differently next time. The next class we taught, we took the new iterated design. We walked through the basics of how it was done. We cut it out on the plasma together. We fabricated it. And each time we taught the class, we fabricated on that design. And that was the goal. So they were part of the design and the engineering of the product. They saw how we made all the parts and then they saw how to make them. Now, Table plasmas, CNCs, those aren't expensive tools. And so not only, hopefully, did we hook them and bring them back for some of this stuff, but they could legitimately step out, buy themselves a home CNC, something will fit in their garage, and they could make rocket stoves and sell them all day long. They still sell like hotcakes, it looks like, on Etsy. So we walk them through the entire design process for a business, not just how do you MIG weld. Um, and... Like I said, I mean, there's obviously some design work in there, right? Product design, as well as the actual online 3D modeling, uh, and then the CNC work itself on top of it. So I think we covered some big steps that are used within the mag ma manufacturing, English is hard sometimes, and fabrication, um, shops and skills and processes, right? We were able to bring all that together. It's not just welding. Like we said earlier, you're rarely just a welder. Um, and so... I hope that not only we're able to introduce them to kind of a general workflow of how these things work in shops, but also give them, if they're so interested or inclined, a path forward themselves to start their own business if this is something they enjoyed 
Um, it doesn't have to be a rocket stove, obviously. Um, but there's a whole lot of things that are plasma cut kits or plasma cut final products that are sent out there um, that you could do that. And you could take those same skills and apply them to a CNC router and make your charcuterie boards using the exact same process that we did just without the MIG welding. Um, and so uh, anyway, I think I, I think that was a, a really good class we did. Um, well, I think one of the things I, I really like about that is, you know, again, it's it's introducing a different avenue for welding. Uh, you know, it's it's not I'm going to go into this, you know, quasi industrial and that's all I have. It's yeah. I can also be very creative with yeah. with what I do with my knowledge of welding. Yeah, we got really lucky. Um, we have a PE teacher at heart now who really likes ceramics. And so she audits the ceramics class every semester and she had made a giant ceramic chicken and she wanted him to stand on her front porch on his own little metal legs, chicken legs. And so she took welding so she could make metal legs for this chicken. But the great thing was she then went back to the art department and she talked to all of her friends in the PE department where she teaches herself. And she told them what a great experience it was and how she's able to now use these welding skills within her ceramics and her sculpture skills. And so we ended up getting a lot of students, you know, 50, 60 year old women coming over who just wanted to make pots, but now they want to add stuff to that. They saw the value proposition in welding with what they were already doing. Um, and they weren't structural. They weren't interested in anything like that. They wanted to do art and welding is a tool for that. Um, you didn't need a degree for that. You didn't need an AWS certification. You just needed how to glue two pieces of metal together, you know, and we could we could do that. Um, anyway, it was a fun, again, non-traditional kind of pool of students that we got for a while. Um, be great if we get more of that. Honestly, it, that's a harder sell than than get a job as a welder, to be honest. But uh, uh, Eric, I want to I want to uh, uh, piggyback on on Chris's question. Uh, and put a bit of a spin on it. What about the, you know, the world of metals and the world of fabrications? Yes, it does use the skills of welding and the measurements and whatnot. But I'm I'm wondering if the many of the non-traditionals might be interested in things like selling. Uh, gases and equipment or and, and electrodes or mm-hmm. or really working in construction uh, on construction projects or or being purchasers uh, for manufacturers mm-hmm. do you think that those are avenues that one can use a welding program uh, to help augment the skills yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you're going to work in retail, if you want to be a salesman, and that's that's perfect. I did it for a year. Uh, well, for for years, um, it's a good career, uh, and and at least within welding, it's it's still something that's needed. You need stuff now. You can't afford oftentimes to wait to order it on Amazon. So they're not they're not online store proof, uh, but they have some resistance there. Um, if you know how to weld, you're better able to serve the product, right? To serve your customer. Um, but there's a lot of jobs in welding that aren't the person welding. Uh, there are people that maintain the equipment. There's welders, helpers. There's obviously the salesmen. There's the engineers. They're the designers, right? There's a lot of work that goes into it 
that doesn't involve actually squeezing the trigger on the MIG gun. Uh, and all of those are perfectly viable. There are actually AWS certifications for almost all theirs. This is an actual retail AWS certification, uh, if you can believe that. And AWS um, and is we American can, Welding Society. American Welding. That is the primary certifying authority for welders in the U.S. If, if you look at a weld and you ask yourself, if that weld fails, does somebody die? If the answer is yes, that should have been welded by a certified welder. And that's an AWS certification. It's not a college certification. It's not a certificate of achievement. Um, that's the most important thing in a structural welder, uh, boiler makers, number of other industries. Um, that AWS certification is what makes or breaks you your skill set. Um, but those are all those are all things that you need to be able to weld. Uh, if you're a welding engineer, you should know how to weld. I mean, metallurgy is great, but if you don't know how to actually make the thing you designed, is your design going to be very good? Maybe it's the world's greatest design, but if it can't be made or if it's so difficult to be made that the welder is not going to be able to do a good job on it because they have to do contortions to get into the spot that has it, then all of a sudden you may as well not have made it, right? I mean, so I think at least that basic welding class, the basic skills, um, understand a little bit about each of the processes uh, and be able to take that forward. Even if you're the guy that runs the CNC, but you work with welders. You should understand what they're doing. So if, if you don't know what the other guy's doing and vice versa, it's a tough partnership, right? You're making parts that don't work for them. They're doing stuff that you don't understand. Uh, just like just like within education itself, right? If Zahi doesn't understand what we're doing to weld, how does he help us design a program? How does he help us plan for our students? How does he help us get there, right? And, and Zahi, mostly to hide, I think, from phone calls and conferences, came in the shop and learned to weld on his own time, right? And, and, but that's a skill that he was able to take. He didn't learn to weld because he was going to go out and weld. No, he pays me for that. If it requires sweating, it's, it's not Zahi, right? But if he's going to sit behind his desk and make decisions on a welding program, he needs to understand what we do and how we do it. And so he was able to learn those skills to work in something that's, that's ancillary to welding itself. Um, and so even that job as a college dean, weirdly enough, benefited from understanding how to weld and be able to take those skills and apply them elsewhere. So don't welding is one of those things that touches a lot of careers, a lot of careers. Your toothpaste tube is welded. The soles of your shoes are probably welded. They're not metal welding, but welding's welding at the end of the day and understanding those processes um, are, are similar across a lot of industries. Uh, we talked about CNC and, and design work like that. That ties very much into a fabrication welders purview and you'd be hard pressed not to find cnc in almost any manufacturing shop maker's garage somewhere in the world right now whether it be a cheap 3d printer or a super expensive cnc water jet um, but they all work the same well eric i want to thank you for joining us on uh, let's talk ed for our last uh, three episodes and uh, if you enjoy shows like this be sure and like our channel here on YouTube, ring that bell down below so you get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for our special guest, Eric Painter and Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.